Welcome to The Platform. I'm your host, Chad Balthrop, and today we're doing our devotions together. We're actually doing them every Monday through Friday. And today we're taking a look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're in 2 Thessalonians because the theme of the entire book is that we would work while we wait, and today we begin to see something very interesting. The, the church at Thessalonica was very interested in end times theology and prophecy, and, and while we're not doing a deep uh, a deep study of these passages of Scripture, we're doing a devotion look. We're reading the scripture, making some observations about them, and then praying them back to our Heavenly Father. Our purpose in doing that instead of the deep, deep study of it is because we really just want to take these moments to recalibrate our hearts and minds around who Christ is and who God is and what it is that he's done for our lives. But but this passage is very interesting in regards to the theme of 2 Thessalonians, which is to work while you wait. The, the church at Thessalonica was convinced that Christ was returning. They were facing some persecution. They couldn't wait for that return. So they were looking for the signs. 2 Thessalonians tells us one of those signs and then makes it clear that we've got to be careful of this, not simply when the actual sign shows up, but there will be some things that take place before this sign shows up that begin to point to, to that day that Christ will return. So let's read that together. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, we'll read verses 1 through 4. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And I just want to start at the very beginning of this. Like I said, our focus here isn't the deep study of this. It's simply the devotional study of it. And I, I think the devotional moment in this for us is that very first verse. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. And so here's the encouragement. I know there's lots of crazy things taking place in our world today, and there's reasons I think people have to be afraid of some things. But Paul, in, this, in these first few verses, is simply saying, don't be afraid. We have this confidence that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world, and the church is his plan for sharing that hope with the world. No matter what troubles we face, no matter what persecutions may come, don't be afraid. God is with you. God is for you. And there's no reason to be, to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us. Because if you're a believer and follower of Christ, you've not missed his return. You, you won't miss his return because your ability to catch it isn't dependent on your ability. If God is the one who holds you, then God is the one who will keep you. And whether it's through persecution or whether it's through that moment of rapture or whether it's in that moment when at the end of a nice, good, long, well-lived well life, you simply close your eyes in this world to open your eyes in eternity. The one who saved you, God himself, through Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. The one who saved you is the one who will keep you. 
And so there's nothing to fear, even though there are moments in our world through persecution, through trials, through troubles, through the confusion and anxiety of our days, even through all of those things, we don't have to be afraid because we know the one who holds us and who will carry us through it all. And then Paul gets very specific in one of the signs of the end times. Verse 3, let no one deceive you by any means for that day. What day? Well, the day that Christ returns for his church. That day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is God, all that is called God or all that is worshiped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. You know, that man of perdition is the Antichrist. And in other passages of Scripture, it's crystal clear that the spirit of Antichrist is already here. And so that falling away that it's discussing, well, certainly there is a kind of falling away that takes place every day as people rebel against God, as individuals look at God, hear his word and go, no, God, I will not do it your way. I'll do it my way. And in their own heart, they set themselves up to be God. There can't be any other God in their lives because they're too busy reigning and ruling on the throne of their own heart. And that never works out for anyone. Because there's no way any one of us can possibly be God. It's just It just doesn't work that way. And then as far as the sign is concerned, this falling away will come first before the day of Christ, before Christ returns for his church. The falling away will happen. And the son of perdition, the Antichrist, that one person who will lead the entire world to be deceived about who God is, that person will rise to power. And as he rises to power, he will have the ability to take those who have already been self-deluded because they've been serving the God of themselves rather than the God of the universe. Those who are already self-deluded, this son of perdition, the Antichrist, will be able to continue to, to take that delusion and refocus it so that the whole world begins to believe the lie that the son of perdition really is God. And he'll do that by stepping into the temple. He'll do that by, by making deals with people. He will, he will have all of the appearance of someone who is an incredible political leader, maybe someone with a great business mind, maybe someone who is, man, when he talks, people will be inspired. He'll be easy to believe. He'll probably, and I keep saying, he, I say that because the word says he's the son of perdition, but, but, but whether, whether or not, whatever the gender may be, whatever the role may be, he will absolutely certainly be someone that people have a reason to trust. He'll probably be very effective at what he does. He'll probably be very successful at what he does. And so I just want to caution us to be careful, to be careful of the success that, that causes us to believe someone is blessed of God simply because of their success. Let's be careful of, of those people who would suggest that, that they speak for God simply because they speak well, or they speak for God simply because they speak kind words or words that seem to make sense, that have the ring of truth, yet even though through that ring of truth, they somehow deny scripture or more specifically, they deny the authority of Christ in their life. I mean, to be specific about the gender, this absolutely calls it the son of perdition. So there's no doubt in my mind that this is someone who is a man who is leading people astray. And so I wonder, I wonder if there is a man 
in your life today that is leading you astray? I wonder if there's a voice in your life that leads you away from who Christ is. I can't say that that someone is the son of perdition, that that someone is the Antichrist, but I can say this, the spirit of Antichrist is alive and well in our world today. So whether it's the news channels you watch or the things you read on the internet or the distractions that keep you from worshiping God at church with your, with your brothers and sisters in Christ, anything that distracts you from God that causes you to believe that you're God or that causes you to believe that you have all authority over yourself or that causes you to trust in the, in the dollar more than you trust in God or trust in your job or your abilities or trust in some other person more than you trust in God, that's absolutely the spirit of Antichrist that is distracting you, that is deluding you, that is deceiving you. And there will come a day when that delusion is amplified by the one who will come who is the Antichrist. And so today, the best way we can combat that, the best way we can overcome that is to know the truth, to know Jesus Christ who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Know the real thing. And in knowing the real thing, when the false thing shows up, whether it's the false thing that rises within your own heart or some political power that rises up or some media power that rises up that is the false thing, whatever it may be, when you know the real thing, it's easy to identify the false thing. And so today, through this devotion, I pray that you would draw close to Jesus Christ, that it would be easy to recognize the spirit of Antichrist in our world, in our own hearts, and, and as we move closer to that day when Christ would return, that we would be able to, to recognize the false things, not because we're such an expert in what is false, but because we're an expert in what is true, because we know Jesus Christ deeply and intimately, and anything that doesn't look like him is just easy to identify. So let's take a moment to pray this back to our Heavenly Father. Father, thank you so much for today, and thank you for your spirit that lives in all who believe. And I pray that today we would walk deeply and intimately with you, that we would recognize your work in our lives and the lives of others, that we would see your work in the world, and that we would celebrate you for it, that we would praise you and worship you and give thanks for it. And that because we recognize the real thing, I pray that you would help us to make it make it easy for us to, to identify the false things and that we would avoid the false things, that we wouldn't delude or deceive ourselves, but that we would be the ones who lovingly speak the truth to the world around us. That when this spirit of Antichrist rises up, that we would be the ones to bring glory and honor to you. And if we're alive in that moment when the falling away takes place and the son of perdition shows up, I pray that we would be the ones to shout from the mountaintops that you are God alone. And that, that through our testimony, through the story of our faith, that millions upon millions would be drawn to faith in Jesus Christ because of the work you've done in our lives. So, Father, we love you. and We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks so much for listening today. I hope that you're having a great week and that you'll continue in your devotions, whether I'm doing these devotions and we're doing these devotions together or not. I hope that you'll press subscribe so that you can catch future episodes and you can help us connect with other people by liking, uh, commenting, or sharing this episode with someone else. And you can always hear more great devotional episodes through our partner podcast, A Follower of One. It's available everywhere podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the platform.